the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. Hundreds of thousands remain without power or water in the Gulf Coast region following Hurricane Laura. Authorities say those outages could last for several weeks. President Trump says the director of national intelligence has decided to give stop giving election security briefings to Congress in person because lawmakers are leaking the details of those briefings to the media. He got tired of it, so he wants to do it in a different form because you have leakers on the committee, uh, obviously uh, leakers that are doing bad things, probably not even legal to leak. Democrats and Republicans alike are concerned about that decision. An investigation is underway following the shooting death of a conservative protester in Portland, Oregon last night. Pro-Trump supporters clashed with Black Lives Matter protesters ahead of that deadly shooting. This is SRN News. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, sponsored by the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. The message of the DNC convention was pretty dark, but the Republican convention this week was very much alive. Secretary of State Pompeo from Jerusalem. The securing of peace is the first requisite. Join us for our program and sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11, here on AM 1280, The Patriot. One Nation Under God is a movie that explores our First Amendment rights and the courage needed to stand up for our convictions. Featuring Kevin Sorbo and Antonio Sabato Jr. And you can watch it tonight at SalemNow.com and use the promo code Minneapolis to save 20%. Just past 2 o'clock on this Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities, let's take a look at your forecast from the Homestead Road Weather Center. Chance of showers today and a high of 78. we got Hour 2, Brad Carlson of the Narn starting right now here on AM 1280, The Patriot. for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering, go flight. Master control, go flight. Studio engineer, go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. Hey, I'm 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take a phone call at 651-289-4488. You can also reach out via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And, uh, yeah, give us a follow. As always, we appreciate tuning in. Going to get to uh, some of the uh, unrest that took place in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Then again at 2.30 we're going to be joined by townhall.com journalist Julio Rosas. Julio was on the ground in Kenosha during a couple of evenings of the unrest there, and uh, like he was in Minneapolis, thankfully avoided serious injury. Uh, we'll get a, I know when he was here in Minneapolis, he got hit with one of those rubber bullets, left a pretty nasty scar in his abdominal area. Uh, I don't know if he endured such uh, hazards this time around, so we'll definitely uh, find out everything uh, that he uh gleaned from those uh, particular uh, lootings and riots. Uh, by the way, uh, NPR is, uh, is it National Public Radio? I think it's National Public Radio, um, is afraid to call them uh, riots because it may sound racist. It's like, if you're afraid of using the word riots, that it'll sound racist, why do you think that? That says more about you than it does anybody else, but 
your mileage may vary. Is Bob still on the phone with us, by the way? Uh, uh, yes, he is. Yes, he Okay. Is. Well, we want to take Bob's call. Bob, appreciate your patience. Uh, you are now on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yes, thank you. Um, I know some people are tired of talking about George Floyd, but I say this in defense of our police because of all the misinformation that's been spreading and people thinking badly of the police. Uh, here's some documented facts. Courthousenews.com. George Floyd in 2019 stuffed drugs into his mouth to hide them from police before the fatal 2020 incident. He was admitted to the hospital for that overdose. And care11.com just two days ago said that he had a a fatal level of fentanyl in his system. And uh, it seemed like George Floyd knew he was going to die because he had just swallowed this lethal dose of fentanyl because he was calling out for his mother. He was crying. Sure. I mean, he couldn't have known ahead of time that he would be pinned down to the ground for eight minutes or more. And uh, he said he couldn't breathe before being held down on the ground. Right. Darren Chauvin was trained to, to restrain someone who was in danger of going into excited delirium, you know, unless they jump up and run into traffic. I mean, this isn't absolute proof, but I think we need to be getting a more accurate picture of all the facts involved. What do you think? Yeah, thanks, Bob. Uh, You know, this is uh, obviously with the body cam footage having come out, it showed, I mean, we talked about this, it showed that he was resisting arrest. It shows that he would not get in the back of the squad car. They tried to put him in the squad car, and had he done so, you know, there would have been no reason to throw him on the ground. Now, where the issue is, is why did Chauvin keep his knee on his back of his neck? I mean, a lot, there are a lot of procedures that indicate, you know, put it maybe in the middle of his back or the top of his back, you know, so as to not risk blocking his airway. Uh, but that, yeah, that definitely brings a lot more context because when we just saw the ini- the initial video, we saw the knee on the back of his neck, George Floyd saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Well, he had been saying that throughout this ordeal. And it was probably because of the adverse effects of the the fentanyl. Again, there's going to be a lot of medical experts testifying to this. And I'll just say it right now. You think the riots were bad uh, in the aftermath of the George Floyd death? If there's an acquittal of the three officers, I mean, Chauvin's going to go to jail for something. But it's not going to be second-degree murder, if I had to make a prediction. And because he's not going to go to jail for second-degree murder, the only reason there was a second-degree murder charge is because then the other three could be charged with aiding and abetting. But if there's no second-degree conviction of Chauvin, then the other three obviously aren't going to be charged with aiding and abetting, and they're going to pretty much get off scot-free. So Chauvin, I think, is going to be charged because he's got, a, I think, one count of third-degree murder as well as one count of, I think, second-degree manslaughter in, in addition to the second-degree murder charge. So Chauvin's going to probably go to jail for something. But it's not going to be satisfactory because not all four officers. Again, just predicting this from people who I've talked to that have a legal background uh, that Chauvin will go to jail for something, whereas the other three will not. And if the trial doesn't get going until the spring and then the verdict comes out, say, later that summer or fall, yeah, that's that's not going to be a pretty sight. Not going to be a pretty sight at all. And I'm look, I just want justice done, period, end of story. If that means Chauvin going to jail and the other three being acquitted, then so be it. If it means Chauvin. Chauvin getting charged with second-degree murder as well as the other three, so be it. I, I just want justice done because George Floyd is dead and he shouldn't be. You know, And, and, and again, you're going to have plenty of medical experts testifying to whether or not the knee on the back of his neck was the cause of death or just a proximate cause because the fentanyl system already was putting him into dire straits, hence having called uh, medical personnel. So... Yeah, I'm I'm not looking forward to this uh, at all because uh, I just I have a bad feeling of how it's going to turn out. And again, if that's what the law says, then that's what the law says. Do you think it would depend, at least here in Minneapolis, where the trial occurs? Well, of course. I mean, you look at it uh, with um, you look you look at it with the O.J. Simpson trial. Sure, happened in L.A. because and the reason it did is because a few years earlier the Rodney King trial took place, and it took place in Simi Valley. California, where predominantly white people live, right. and the cops got acquitted of the Rodney King beating. Whereas OJ, did you ever see OJ's Coming to America? Yes. That Netflix, I mean, yeah. the jurors on there flat out said, we didn't care if he was guilty or not. Blacks yeah. have been suffering injustices for years. Yep. Time to even the score. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even care that OJ didn't consider himself black. 
Right. That was that was another part of the story too, yep. where OJ, when he was being driven, when the famous white Bronco chase scene, when they took him to his house, and when he was going up to the driveway, you know, OJ was in the back seat, and his famous line, "What are all these black people doing in Brentwood?" <laughs> Seriously, I know. And he didn't say black people, but I can't say what OJ said. Right. But you, you get what I'm saying. He mm-hmm. didn't consider himself one. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that some of these jurors said, you know, black people have been suffering injustices for a long, long time. I don't really care if he's guilty or it's not. It's like a just desserts kind of thing. There was there was one woman flat out said, well, if she was if Nicole Brown was getting beat up the way she said she was, why didn't she just leave? And so that was just that was almost like she got what she deserved. Oh, people are dumb. So the point is. Yeah, it's dependent upon where it is. Yeah, that's exactly the case. And we may get a jury who says, "Hey, I saw the knee in the back of the neck. That's all, that's that's all I that's all I need to see." And if you get the jury to come together on that, yeah. But from a legal standpoint, from those who have gathered in all the evidence, body from the moment George Floyd was approached by police to taken under arrest to resisting, and then ultimately put on the ground and then and then dying. Uh, Second-degree murder was an overreach. It seemed an overreach before we even saw the body cam footage, but after seeing the body cam footage, eh, yeah, I, I just, uh, again, uh, don't don't have a real good feeling about it. So, hey, Bob, thanks for the call. In case I didn't thank you already, I always appreciate uh, your contributions to the broadcast. But we do want to get into the situation, the horrible sight in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It took place a week ago today, so last Sunday evening. Uh, a man by the name of Jacob Blake was critically wounded by police officers. Um, now, the officers, uh, the initial accounts that came out, and again, this is in line with what we talked about with the uh, murder-suicide that took place in Minneapolis this past week, is we don't bother to wait for all the facts to come in. All people saw was a video of police shooting a black man seven times in the back as he walked away from them. So, of course, people see that and they say, wait a minute, he was walking away from police. Why are they shooting him in the back? Okay? And people see that. That's all they see. And, and of course, there was a couple, three days of, of riots and looting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, to which Matt alluded to, you know, if you said Kenosha, Wisconsin, <clears throat> would most people even know where that is? I mean, I know where it is. But it's not exactly a, uh, a thriving metropolis, a big, a big city like you know we the riots and unrest we've seen in Portland and Seattle and here here in Minneapolis. So this was going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So this was a situation where everybody just said, "Well, there it is, another black man being shot by, by police. When is this ever going to end?" And what I have always done is I have taken every incident, people always invoke the names of Breonna Taylor, the the young lady who was killed in the no-knock raid uh, by police in Louisville. Uh, Ahmaud Arbery was killed down in in Georgia, and George Floyd, of course, killed here. we got to take each of these cases separately. Uh, uh, The two guys who killed Ahmaud Arbery need to go to jail and never see the light of day again. That that much much we know from from what we've seen. Breonna Taylor, someone needs to be accountable for that. I mean, I get it. No-knock raids, no-knock warrants were legal, okay? But it was a major screw-up in execution, and she was shot while lying in bed. And to me, the most egregious aspect of this is the fact that she had survivable wounds. She was still living for like 20 minutes before aid was rendered to her. Inexcusable. Now, if aid was rendered immediately, would she have survived? Who knows? But if you don't render it for the first 20 minutes... After gunshot wounds, odds go down quite a bit. So to me, that is the most egregious aspect of that whole thing. And 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 how how someone hasn't been held more accountable in that, I'll never know. Okay? The George Floyd thing is we've been talking about. Shouldn't shouldn't be dead. But second degree murder, I, you know, again, that's a stretch. So my point is you have to look at these things individually. Jacob Blake, the the story that was coming out was that he was there breaking up a domestic dispute. Now, can you imagine how that storyline sounds? Oh, what? He was there. It's kind of a, you know, kind of an arbiter trying to break up this dispute. And for his, for his efforts, he gets shot by police. I mean, I bought it. 
that's what I that's what I had, I'd written about at bradcarlson.org this past week. I said the story that has been prevailing is that Jacob Blake was trying to break up a, a domestic uh, a, uh, a domestic dispute, and for his efforts, when police reported in the scene, he got questioned for it and walked away and got shot in the back several times. Well, as we're finding out, what you hear initially doesn't always end up being the whole story. But yet no one wants to wait for the whole story. And I get it. You hear of a black man being shot seven times in the back, you think to yourself, what in God's name could possibly justify that? And they don't want to wait around for all the facts. Well, we're going to get into it a little bit. We're going to get the statement from the Kenosha Police Union on what had happened there and uh, also be available to take your phone calls, too, at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. Did you know my mom's going to have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boots, Arby's Computer Service. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we recognize that this school year was a little different for you, with families learning how to work and learn from home together. We also recognize that this won't last forever. As you look ahead to the fall and a new chapter in your child's education, TwinCitiesTuitions.com will proudly be here to help with 50% off your students' first year at a brand new school. To see a full list of our partnering schools or for more information, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Have you been tasked with opening a school, church, or business during these uncertain COVID-19 times? Do not do it alone. Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Minnesota have decades of proven cleaning and disinfecting success. For your free on-site consultation, go to VanguardCleaningMinn.com. Welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651 289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And always, we appreciate you tuning in. Continuing to talk about the uh, police shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin that took place a week ago today. Uh, The Kenosha Police Union uh, this past Friday gave their version of the account. Again, this is from an Associated Press story. Uh, The Kenosha Police Union on Friday offered the most detailed accounting to date on officers' perspective of the moments leading up to the police shooting of Jacob Blake seven times in the back, saying he had a knife uh, 
and fought with officers, putting one of them in a headlock and shrugging off two attempts to stun him. Now, if you've watched, if you've seen any of the video video footage, uh, officers as they're pursuing him and trying to tase him, saying, drop the knife, drop the knife, drop the knife. So they believed he had a knife, and obviously he did. So the statement from Brendan Matthews, attorney for the Kenosha uh, Professional Police Association, goes into more detail than anything that has been released by the Wisconsin Department of Justice, which is investigating. The Sunday shooting of Blake, a black man, put the nation's spotlight on Wisconsin and triggered a series of peaceful protests and violence. I was going to say peaceful protests, but they did get the violence in there, including the killing of two people by an armed civilian on Tuesday. Blake is paralyzed from the shooting, his family said, and recovering in a Milwaukee hospital. Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call, who leads the state Justice Department, said in a statement Friday evening that the agency is trying to conduct an impartial investigation and can neither confirm nor deny the union's version of events. Ben Crump, an attorney for Blake's family, did not immediately respond to emails seeking comment. He said earlier this week that Blake was only trying to break up a domestic dispute and did nothing to provoke police, adding that witnesses didn't see him with a knife. Yeah, and witnesses also didn't see a man in downtown Minneapolis shoot himself, saying the police shot him. So we know how reliable eyewitnesses can be at times. Uh, Crump has called for the arrest of the officer who shot Blake and for two other officers involved in the shooting uh, to be fired. Well, Mr. Crump, with all due respect, you're an attorney. That's not who do, how due process works. You, as an attorney, should know this. A cell phone video shows Kenosha police officer Rustin Shesky and another officer following Blake with their guns drawn as he walks around the front of a parked SUV as they responded to a domestic dispute. According to Matthews, the officers were dispatched there because of a complaint that Blake was attempting to steal the caller's keys and vehicle. Matthews said officers were aware that Blake had an open warrant for felony sexual assault before they arrived. Okay, well, that's a key, uh, piece of key, uh, key information there, key piece of information. That's what I'm trying to say, is that they knew that he had a warrant and obviously was prone to violence. So already you're pretty wary when approaching the suspect in this case. Uh, Blake was armed with a knife, but officers did not initially see it, Matthew said. The officers first saw him holding the knife while they were on the passenger side of the vehicle, he said. The bystander who recorded the shooting, 22-year-old Rayshon White, said he saw Blake scuffling with three officers and heard them yell, drop the knife, drop the knife, before gunfire erupted. He said he didn't see a knife in Blake's hands. State investigators have said... Only that officer saw a knife on the floor of the car. They have not said whether Blake threatened anyone with it. Matthews said officers made multiple requests to Blake to drop the knife, but he was uncooperative. He said officers used a taser on Blake, but it did not incapacitate him. So if you are already prone to violence, like Blake had a warrant out for a violent assault, and a taser does not impact you, and you're walking away from police with their guns drawn while not complying, what's your next step? I mean, is there never a situation where guns should be drawn and discharged? As Blake opened the driver's side door of the SUV, Shesky pulled on Blake's shirt and then opened fire. Blake's three children were in the back seat. Oh, that's a lovely visual. Uh, Those poor kids. Uh, Based on the inability to gain compliance and control after using verbal, physical, and less lethal means, the officer drew their firearms, Matthew said. Mr. Blake continued to ignore the officer's commands, even with the threat of lethal force now present. Well, this isn't unprecedented. If someone ignores the threat of lethal force and is not incapacitated by a taser, it's not unprecedented that they're willing to go suicide by cop. Basically knowing, hey, I know I'm probably going to die here, but I'm taking a couple with me. That doesn't happen often, like every day, but it has happened. And do you think police learn this, ascertain this in their use of force scenarios when they go through their training? I would imagine they do. Uh, The State Justice Department has released almost no information about Chesky or the other two officers, Vincent Arenas and Brittany uh, Marinick. I'm sorry, Marinick. An annual Kenosha Police Department report indicates Chesky was hired as an officer in 2013. 
In an August 2019 interview with Kenosha News, Shesky said he had always wanted to go into law enforcement, noting that his grandfather served the city as a police officer for 33 years. Shesky, who appears to be white based on photographs and video, was moved to the bike patrol in 2017, according to Kenosha News uh, interview that he granted back then. He was among a group of officers named in a handwritten federal lawsuit filed last year by a man in Kenosha County Jail, Lathan Stephen Ward, who accused the officers of damaging his door while they were breaking it down to execute a no-knock warrant in August 2018. He also accused the officers of racial profiling and causing him pain and shame, U.S. District J.T. Stadmuller, uh, Judge J.P. Stadmuller. Uh, dismissed the case, ruling Ward's allegations weren't sufficient to sustain the lawsuit. But we'll just throw in that uh, there was there was uh, that particular issue to maybe kind of further a narrative. I don't know. <clears throat> okay, so I, I I still can't get past shooting a guy seven times. That's what I was just going to ask you. Um, I, I get it. You, the taser didn't incapacitate him. Uh, he was still, they, they ascertained he had a knife and he was seen going into the vehicle as if he was reaching for something Mm -hmm. and they reacted accordingly to, to end the threat. But again, I, I'm not familiar with police protocol. And so I don't want to cast aspersions saying, well, seven times that seems excessive by, Mm -hmm. by the lay person, which I am. Yeah, it does. Seems excessive, but. Yeah, same for me. I mean, I uh, and I again, I asked this without any political leaning whatsoever. W- why seven times? But yeah. also, why not once? Why not twice? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, et cetera. Et cetera. I mean, once we get uh, farther on, I mean, it becomes ridiculous. Um, this is a question for Peter Johnson, to be frankly honest with you. I'd like to get his two cents on this. Maybe we can have him on soon. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why seven times, especially because I would assume you are in a an advantage uh, to deal with a, a physical conflict when the person you're having that altercation with has their back turned on you, like right, Blake's right. was. So, I mean, if if by the way, I, I, maybe I missed it. Was there anything in that front seat? Was there the knife in that front seat? Well, they said uh, the statements were mixed. The the witness who took the video said he didn't see a knife on him, whereas okay. the cops are saying drop the knife, drop okay. the knife, and you can't see the knife in the video. But they yeah, well, someone circled something. That Blake was holding, but okay. they did find a knife in the car. Now, wh- now, if he had a knife in his hand okay. and he was shot, chances are he dropped sure. it while he was in the car because okay. he was being shot while he was leaning in the driver's side. But either way, if he did have a knife in the first in in the front seat there and he was going to grab it again, the cop is at an advantage because his back is turned because Blake would have had to like flail around and do right. anything for damage. So that's why I'm wondering why the seven times. And, and let's and let's also say this: thank God he's alive too. Not yeah. many people actually survive uh, taking seven bullets to the back and. Um, are able to survive. So uh, thank goodness he's alive. But again, yeah, I'm just curious. And again, maybe Peter could give us insight on this or somebody. Why the seven? Yeah, I I, I don't know if that's, you know, again, this it, cops did, you know, what I'm taught in uh, self-defense, you know, in my uh, permit to carry courses that I've taken is that you, you know, and again, this is just a citizen. This isn't cops. So cops probably have a different threshold. But as a citizen, it's just enough to end the threat. If that means shooting someone and, you know, they stop coming at you with whatever, then the threat's over. You don't shoot them dead. But if they keep coming after you and they wind up dead after you say you shoot them, you know, again, self-defense, that there's a there's a pretty substantial threshold to get over if you're, if you're a citizen. Now, obviously, police officers have a little bit higher threshold. Um but yeah, this is obviously it's going to all come down to what the Department of Justice in Wisconsin uh, ascertains from this. You know, they're going to take in the statement, they're going to look at all the evidence, and you know, determine from there. Obviously, there's video there. Is Blake able? To, I mean, is he conscious right now? Is he able to speak for himself at the moment? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he's you know, in a, they said he's in a Milwaukee hospital recovering. Whether he's been able to talk or not, I that I don't know. Okay. But, yeah, like you said, it's a miracle he's alive because all of the individuals we were naming earlier, like Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, they aren't with us anymore. Right. And they can't give their accounts. Now, the Ahmaud Arbery, we saw some pretty damning video, uh, damning if you're a shoot, if you're the shooters, like the, uh, like the um, father and son mm-hmm. that killed Ahmaud Arbery. So, yeah, uh, 
that'll obviously be interesting if uh, Blake is able to recover uh, to give his statement. Um, you know, again, this is another situation where people are digging into his background and looking back on his past crimes. And we're not saying he's a savory character, but we're just talking about this specific instance. Did what he did rise to the level of shooting him that many times in the back? And again, I don't think it's as cut and dried as people are making it out. Oh, it's just a bunch of racist cops shooting a black guy. It's not that cut and dried. It never is. But, again, this is going to require a long investigation, that's for sure. Brad Carlson, The Closer, on AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network, back with townhall.com columnist Julio Rosas. Next, go nowhere. With the extreme weather changes in Minnesota, it can be very unpleasant when the windows in your house begin to fail. But what's even more unpleasant is the three long-winded, high-pressure sales calls you need to sit through to get multiple bids. They tell you their window is the best and all the rest are no good, and hey, I'll throw in a free window if we can write this up tonight. I'm Ryan from My Three Quotes. What if I told you you could get competitive bids from three high-rated local contractors on any window brand after only one short meeting with me? The process is simple. I'll stop by to measure the windows and we'll talk options. Whether it's vinyl, wood, composite, or fiberglass, we'll come up with a job scope that fits your house and your style, and you'll receive the quotes within a week. If you've already had some window bids and were floored by the price, call me. As you'll see from my reviews, my quotes can come in thousands less than others for the exact same window. If you decide to move forward, I'll come back to write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, the service is free. So hop online and visit My 3 Quotes to set up an appointment. That's the number three, My 3 Quotes. The basics about financial literacy provides confidence in your investing decisions. Knowledge to make better decisions with or without an advisor empowers you to take control of your financial future. With the right skills, you are the best steward of your own money. Learn more today at a free in-center or virtual investing class at Online Trading Academy. 952-814-4410. Again, 952-814-4410. Or go to learnwithota.com. Hi, this is Lee. And this is Matt from the Kingdom Builders. About 22 years ago, I remember doing my father's roof in Bloomington after a huge hailstorm had gone through. And now he just had me come out and take a look at his roof because he wants to make sure it's okay. 22 years old now. Most roofs in that time era were good for about 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So if you're looking to get an honest assessment on whether your 22-year-old roof is still good, give us a call. Yeah, Lee, I remember that storm, too. And as I drive around Burnsville, uh, Bloomington, the South Metro, I see all of these roofs that were replaced back in 1998. And it may be time for an assessment for us to come out and let you know if you have a year or three left or if now is a good time to get those shingles replaced. For an honest assessment on your roof or gutters, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Right now, Blue Ox Heating and Air is offering a legendary $49 air conditioner tune-up. For $49, a fully trained and certified Blue Ox technician will come to your home and make sure your system is running smooth and efficiently. If your AC unit needs repair, the tune-up fee counts towards the cost. And don't forget to ask about the Blue Ox No Breakdown Guarantee. Log on to GoBlueOx.com for details. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag NARN Show. Hashtag Narn Show with any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate tuning in. Hey, speaking of the unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, we are honored to be joined by Julio Rosas. He, a journalist with townhall.com. We had Julio on the broadcast a few months ago. He was actually here in the Twin Cities covering the unrest that took place in the city of Minneapolis and uh, even uh, suffered a little collateral damage, taking a rubber bullet to his abdomen. Uh, Hopefully nothing as severe in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, but Julio was there for a couple, three nights uh, covering that unrest in the aftermath of the uh, Jacob Blake shooting. And uh, he joins us right now on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Julio Rosas, uh, always good to have you in the broadcast, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good, Brad. I'm doing good, thanks. 
Appreciate you uh, joining us. Like I said, uh, I guess, Julio, maybe uh, we'll start out. When did you arrive in uh, Kenosha? And uh, did you just go there pretty much planning on there would be unrest? Or were you? Did, was there a tip that there was likely going to be unrest in the aftermath of the uh, Jacob Blake shooting? Uh, so I was I was at home on Sunday night, and then I saw the video of the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Uh, started to go viral on Twitter. I, you know, I knew right away that this was going to spiral out of control very quickly because uh, I'm actually from the Illinois area, mm. and I'm actually I've actually been to Kenosha before. I know a lot of people didn't know that didn't know about it uh, prior prior to this, and so uh, I know that it's a, it's a relatively small city, or only about a hundred thousand people. And so I knew that there was going to be riots, and it was just a matter of time that, you know, I was I couldn't leave right away. <laughs> sure. Um, I had to get permission from my bosses, but I sent them an email, and I said, hey, this is going to spiral out of control very quickly. You guys need to send me. And so, unfortunately, I was right, and I knew that the Kenosha City Police Department and the county wouldn't be able to handle it because, again, this is a relatively small area of, of Wisconsin, not too far from Milwaukee and Chicago. And so I, I got in. Uh, Monday afternoon, and uh, I was there until until Thursday. So what 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 specifically is your role when you go into a situation like this? I mean, obviously you provide you know uh, videography of what what's going on, uh, and then obviously you put together uh, columns in in the aftermath. But uh, do you make an attempt to maybe uh, engage some of the folks there, or do you try to? be more aware of your surroundings because, you know, as I alluded to Julio last time when you were here in Minneapolis, obviously you, you, you took some, a rubber bullet in your abdomen area. And, uh, so you have to be very wary of your surroundings. So, uh, how do you keep your wits about you when you're having to do all these different things, you know, videography and then taking in information to draft a story later on? I mean, uh, that's a uh, quite a bit of multitasking Julio Rosas. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit. So, uh, no, basically my job is uh, when I when I go into these situations, it's just to record and report what happened. Um, sure. You know, I, and I do my analysis and commentary after the fact. But when I'm there, I just report on the facts, and that's something that unfortunately the mainstream media has a hard time doing, even when they have reporters on the scene, like we saw uh, with CNN saying it was a fiery but mostly peaceful protest. And we had a New York Times uh, reporter who. Uh, stayed out on Tuesday until 9 p.m. and then she left. Mm. And so uh, the the issue with that is that you don't get the full story. You have to stay out uh, during the day and you, and you have to stay out at night. And you know it's long, it's arduous. I'm sorry, ar- arduous, but it's it's necessary because sure. as as we saw unfortunately on Tuesday night with the shooting involving allegedly you know Kyle Rittenhouse and and you know three people got shot and two of them died. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to get the full story if not for myself and my colleagues at the Daily Caller, the, the Blaze, and a few independent reporters, and then the live streamers that were just, that just happened to get there. So uh, it, it's it's a very very difficult task, but you know it's it's my job. I, I, I enjoy it to a certain extent, but it's it's just because it's necessary uh, because the mainstream media has a hard time reporting accurately on these situations. Now, these people who are actually uh, committing these atrocities, as you alluded to, Kenosha is only a town of 100,000 people. So let's be honest, they're all not natives of that particular town or certainly not residents of that town. No, are, not. are you able to ascertain where these people are coming from and which groups they, they're a part of as you're going through this? So it's funny you should mention that. I So this was Tuesday after the shooting, about two hours after everything. So things had started to die down. People were starting to leave and go home and uh uh, Shelby Telcott and I, who Shelby's with Daily Caller, we were walking back to our hotel, and there was basically like a convoy of, of cars uh, driving past us. Wow! And they had their they had their windows down, and I, I noticed that their tires were flat. And I made a comment like, "Oh, those are pretty flat tires." And some people in the vehicle said, "Oh yeah, the cops slashed our tires." And I'm like, "Well, where are you guys from?" And they said they're from Milwaukee. Uh, I also do know that they uh, that there were some men, Black Lives Matter. Uh, members from Chicago from that area, or at least that's what they said that they were a part of. Uh, you know, it's only about a 45-minute drive from Chicago, and it's about an hour and a half-ish away from Madison. So it, it's not a terrible drive, terribly far drive for, for people in those cities to make a drive to Kenosha. And so uh, there certainly were people uh, who were out of town that, that went to uh, to the city to either partake in the protests or, as we saw, take part in the riots. 
You you alluded to uh, obviously the the shooting that took place. Another probably the biggest storyline that came out of there is a seventeen year old by the name of Kyle Rittenhouse has been accused of uh, killing two protesters and injuring another with an AR fifteen uh, style rifle. Uh, how soon after that incident took place uh, did you learn about that? I mean, not like again, Kenosha not a huge town. Word certainly travels fast, but how soon after? Uh, did you hear about this, or with you, were you within range where you heard the gunshots, Julio Rosas? Yes. I, I, so I was up the street. So there was two. The, the shootings took place in two locations. The first one was in the parking lot of a car dealership. I was not present at the first shooting. Um, multiple shots were being fired, and so like any rational person, I started to run towards the gunfire. Sure. Um, and then at that point, when I was running up the street, because only about a block and a half, two blocks away from where I initially was, uh, I saw... Rittenhouse running down the street I, it, it, with uh, an AR-15, wow. and then I saw people were chasing after him, and then that's when I started to hit record on my phone. Uh, they uh, they tried to hit him on with a skateboard; it wasn't successful. But I think the initial contact from that made him stumble and fall. Right. And so at that point, the crowd said, "Get him!" Uh, and they, you know they try to take the gun away from him. He got hit in the head with the skateboard, and that's when he and that's when he started firing off rounds. Uh, and then he hit the the man in the chest, uh, and then uh, this the third guy was approaching Kyle with his hands up at first, but then he reached into his waistband to pull out a handgun, yep. and he was going to shoot him. And then that's when Kyle popped him and took off a huge chunk of his right arm. Yeah, I saw. I actually saw the uh, uh, someone recorded video footage. I don't know if that was yourself, Julio, or someone from the Daily Caller, or who it was. But yeah, the I saw the young man with a big chunk of his arm uh, missing and. Uh, later on, a, a buddy of his posted on social media, Andy No reported this, that uh, he basically admitted, yeah, uh, he was trying to go after the kid, and he, his only regret was he wasn't able to empty his magazine on the kid, basically admitting that his buddy wanted to kill Kyle Rittenhouse. I know Kyle is going to have his own legal issues in and of itself, but uh, it doesn't reflect to, uh, uh, it doesn't put a good light on the on the gentleman who survived the attack, Julio Rosas. Right, and, and so that that certainly helps Rittenhouse's case for assault defense. And, uh, and and people are pointing out, well, the reason why the second group attacked him is because he shot the initial gentleman at at the car parking lot. But it turns out I actually recorded the first victim uh, taunting and antagonizing the group of armed uh, civilians at a gas station, and he actually told that he he was he was telling them shoot me. And then he used the uh, he used the N word with the soft A, um, and he said that twice. He said, "Shoot me, da 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 da, shoot me, da da da." And 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 you know, people were trying to defuse the situation. He's like, "No, I like I mean it for real." And so uh, there, there's a bit of a gap because the, the the gas station where that took place was about again two blocks away. So we don't really know exactly how Rittenhouse got separated from the rest of the group because there's about a dozen other armed civilians who were trying to protect businesses and private property from being destroyed. So uh, there was about a five-minute gap between between that gas station incident and then uh, the, 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 first, the site of the first shooting. So there's still a lot of unanswered questions right now. Uh, what I will say is, is that, you know, they're, being, they're accusing him of being a white supremacist and that he solely went to Kenosha to kill uh, peaceful protesters. Um, you know, from the video that we've gotten, you know, he he only appeared to have shot people who attacked him first. Right. That that's that's kind of what we're getting as more and more video is coming out. Uh, I will also say, point out that all the people he shot were white. So you know, he's a, and and then the third thing I'll point out is that if he really wanted to just start shooting just people at random, he had plenty of opportunity to do that. And the and again, the I he only started shooting. The second time was when he tripped and he fell, and then people started to jump sure. on top of him. So uh, th- there's a lot of narrative building around this, and I'm not explicitly defending Rittenhouse. You know, the, I, there's still, like, again, there's a lot that needs to come out about this, but there's already false narratives that doesn't make sense to me because I was right there, and I saw it, and, and I wasn't too far away from, from the second shooting. So. Um, it's an unfortunate situation. Ultimately, I blame the the police and the local and state leadership for this because the White House is saying that 
Trump offered the governor 500 National Guardsmen to be deployed. And the governor said no. Instead, he sent about half mm. of that number. And so the, the law enforcement didn't have the numbers to enforce the curfew. Because remember, this was about three or four hours after the 8 p.m. curfew right. took effect. But they couldn't enforce it because they didn't have the numbers. So ultimately, this whole situation lies at, you know, the blame of all this lies at the feet of the local and state leadership. Uh, Julio Rosas again from townhall.com joining us, giving his uh, first-person account of the multiple-night unrest that took place uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Julio, last uh, last question, and uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap up and let you go. Uh, how are you feeling? Did you get out of this one on uh, unscathed? That, like I alluded to in Minneapolis, you got uh, you got uh, kind of some uh, collateral damage from the rubber bullet. Did you get out unscathed this time, Julio Rosas? Uh, y- yes. Uh- Fortunately, I did. Uh, I actually, uh, I still very much have a scar from from uh, the Minneapolis, courtesy of the state state police. But uh, you know, this was you know, unfortunately, really the first time where there was gunfire happening in multiple locations because this wasn't the first. You know, Rittenhouse wasn't the only person shot. Uh, sure. In the video that I took, you can actually hear video, and you can actually hear gunshots uh, happening behind me. And I actually had to adjust where I was going because I didn't know where those second round of gunshots were, were being fired from. So I had a, was, you know, I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place for, for a few minutes. So uh, fortunately, you know, myself and my, my fellow colleagues uh, were, were not hurt, but they also had a few good close news. calls themselves. Yeah, that's very good news. And we appreciate it, Julio. And, uh, you know, for getting there in the fray, I know it's part of your job, but my goodness, uh, to, to get out there and be proactive and saying, hey, look, this is going to go down. I need to be there. And uh, you got some very compelling stories. Again, go to townhall.com, do a search for Julio Rosas, many columns that he drafted uh, from the coverage there, and uh, pretty compelling stuff. Uh, Julio, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Uh, stay safe in all your future endeavors, and uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you very much. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled across the globe in search of patterns of evidence to support some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now, with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, journey to Egypt and beyond as Tim interviews some of the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. Is there evidence of how and where the host of Israelites could have traveled as recorded in the Bible? Is there evidence of the Egyptian army's demise in the Red Sea? If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea Miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, the Red Sea Miracle Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code MINNEAPOLIS for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com and promo code MINNEAPOLIS to save 20% on Patterns of Evidence, the Red Sea Miracle Part 2. SalemNow.com, promo code MINNEAPOLIS. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Not having identity theft protection is like fumbling around in the dark. What's that light switch? Ow! Even if you monitor your credit and bank statements, you could be blind to other identity threats. Ah, that sounded expensive. With breaches on the rise in your info in so many places, cybercriminals could use your info to steal your identity. Yuck! And sell it on the dark web or open loans in your name. Is someone there? That's why LifeLock helps detect and alert you to hard-to-see dangers. If there's a problem, a dedicated U.S.-based specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, you don't have to stay in the dark. Oh, oh, oh. oh there's the light switch! 
Get up to 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's 25% off using code SMART at LifeLock.com. Stay safe in your home with a $4,000 chairlift, now half off for just $2,000 through this special offer from Starlift and this station. There's just one half-price chairlift available. Go to the station's website, click on the More tab and half-price offers, or call the station now. Welcome back, AM 12 at the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. And by the way, I didn't uh, give mad props to Julio. I mean, well, we gave him his props for <laughs> running into the fray. But uh, after he was done with his assignment in Kenosha, I think Thursday, Thursday or Friday, he was on vacation. So he was calling us from our, from his vacation, which he didn't need to do. He could have very easily said, "Yeah, sorry, I'm on vacation. I would have said, hey, you deserve it. Uh, but he was willing to chat with us and share the accounts from uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, or from his time in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He's not vacationing in Kenosha, Wisconsin. <laughs> Even when the town is intact, you don't vacation in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Maybe but, Racine is nice this time of year. Who's to say? But, uh, yeah, we appreciate Julio's time, uh, like I say, being on the ground in the fray and calling his bosses saying, hey, stuff's going to go down there. <laughs> I need to be there, you know, to be willing to do that. Again, I know it's his job, but... Uh, Especially after what happened to him in Minneapolis. Yeah. I think he wouldn't want to go back out there. Yeah, that's just, uh, that's just amazing. You, Julio. Yeah, exactly. So we appreciate uh, his time. Who uh, Town Hall, all part of the Salem Media Group uh, family, so we appreciate him uh, checking in. Uh, I, uh, I wasn't planning on talking about this until just before the show, so I'm going to get into it now. I heard... About several week, a few weeks ago or so, that uh, people were getting a little annoyed by all of the texts, text messages coming from the Trump campaign, asking for money. You know, saying five times match if you donate right now. Well, first of all, uh, there is a limit to campaign contributions. So if so, if you're going to contribute, contribute, I think I don't know what the limit is. I've never maxed out to a presidential campaign. Let's say it's twenty five hundred dollars. Okay, if you do if you donate say $700, 5 times match is $3500. That exceeds a limit. So that's not legal when you say, well, 5 times match. No, that that's not legal. So just just want to throw that out there. But secondly, enough with the flipping texts already. I'm getting two a day. Okay. I was and, wondering this cuz I haven't gotten any at uh, all from anybody. Biden, Trump, nobody. Well, I'm probably on some sort of list because, you know, I, I do a lot of different political stuff. I've never never did anything for the Trump campaign in 2016 or in 2020. So I, I don't I got on somebody's list. I've done, you know, uh, camp or helped others. You know, I've donated money to other candidates, of course. Uh, I don't think I've ever donated to Trump. But my thing is, is we're getting two or three a day and people were getting in, annoyed by it. And that word got apparently got to the president and he was annoyed by it saying, look, I don't want to alienate my supporters here. What are we doing? But the, and so they seem to slow down for a bit, but I'm back to getting two or three a day. And I'll here. Here's another. Here's the one I got today. <laughs> this came at j- just afternoon. We texted you 10 times and in big capital letters, you failed us. Trump and allies <laughs> need you. Don't risk losing in November. Final extension, five-time match expires in one hour. Well, I guess I missed that. But I'm going to get a text tomorrow saying it expires in one hour, so not to worry. Even if it didn't expire in one hour, are you, would you be called to sign up after receiving that? You failed us? Jeez. If, if that's the tactic you're going to take to shame people into donating money to you or for not donating money... um. I don't know how that's going to cause a whole lot of people to say, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I shouldn't even be a citizen of this country. Yes, here we go, Mr. President. Here's your, here's whatever dollar amount. I mean, folks, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Enough with the text messages. Okay, I get it. Money is important. And I don't think the RNC or the Trump campaign is hurting for money. Yeah, you're always going to need more money to, to sustain it as it goes along. But I can't remember... Uh, you know, Trump in 2016, obviously, because he really didn't know what he was doing. But I can't remember the last presidential campaign that was woefully underfunded. Now, again, Trump was just kind of doing his own thing in 2016, and somehow he pulled it off. Yes, he did. But this time he's got more experienced people surrounding him and getting the proper money going through and the RNC and, and everything else. And, uh, folks, this 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 is I, – I don't know who needs to hear this, 
but this is not going to entice me to donate to your campaign. No. I'm more invested in local races, specifically here in Minnesota, where if we lose the Minnesota Senate, because I don't think there's enough to get the House back, but if Republicans lose the majority in the Minnesota Senate, and again, the Democrats only have to flip two seats in the Minnesota Senate in order to take over that body, then Democrats have complete control of state government and hello, red flag laws. Hello, uh, universal background checks. All right. So my focus is, you know, I, and I'm fortunate I got a radio show where I can have you know, Republican Senate candidates on that could possibly flip uh, Democrat seats or, you know, hold on to, you know, their, the seats that they already have that give them the majority. But that's what I'm focused on. And, folks, you need to be focused on that, too. I'm not saying the presidency in the U.S. Senate's not important. Yeah, it absolutely is. But I, I'm tired of this apocalyptic uh, theme, apocalyptic tone with each of these text messages. And I'm getting two or three a day. It's like we're not going to have another year after 2020, even though 2020 has been awful. Uh, have you been getting a lot of emails, though? I've been getting a few Trump emails, but I think that's because oh, I'm a fan member for our AM twelve eighty the Patriot a fan club page. Oh, constantly, yeah. I mean, I was on, you know, I was on all. I'm on all the lists, so yeah, I'm getting them from the Trump campaign, and uh, so yeah. Again, my thing is, you know, the Senate, uh, the Republican uh, Senate caucus, you know, Senate Republican Committee. You know, I typically will give money to them. Uh, you know, because I think the Senate majority, U.S. Senate majority is that important, but also the Minnesota Senate majority. That's that's important, too. And again, I've got a unique uh, opportunity in that I can have Senate candidates, uh, Minnesota state Senate candidates on the broadcast, you know, to kind of get their message out and as, as well as I can. So uh, but, yeah, I w- again, wasn't planning on talking about this, but I've just had it. All right. The, <laughs> it's enough. Two to three text messages a day. It's 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 crazy. Uh, speaking of two to three, final score: Tigers three, Twins two. Another two-run uh, offensive effort from your favorite ball club today. Yeah, it's uh, goodness gracious. Five consecutive losses. A uh, couple games back, uh, uh, Cleveland. Um, yeah, well, you know, Donald. Hopefully, they can get Donaldson, Buxton, and uh, back soon. Garver doesn't look good, but. Uh, but eight teams in each league get in the playoffs, so we're, we're going to be in. Just get that. in, and if they can break their consecutive game streak for the in the playoffs, that's really my only expectation at this point. Closing. Folks, as always, I've enjoyed it. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time. Turn on. Land of 10,000 lakes has an ice ring to it, but actually Minnesota has more than 11,800 lakes. But who's counting? Well, there's Ann Lake, Balsam Lake, Cass Lake, Detroit Lake, Eagle Lake, Fox Lake, Gull Lake, Hidden Lake, Adam Lake, John Lake, Craze Lake, Lean Lake. But if water isn't your thing, Minnesota is also home to amazing hiking, biking, and more. Find your true north. Visit exploreminnesota.com. Horry Lake, Rainy Lake, Silver Lake, Toad Lake, U.S. Lock and Dam Pool, 5A, Boss Lake. Relief Factor, effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks and my pain was gone and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com and then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Social Security is with you through life's journey. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. We are there when you get your first job, helping you to save for the future. We are there when you marry your sweetheart to help secure your new life together. We are there if the unexpected happens. To help you see life from a new perspective. We are there when you start your next chapter 
to make sure you get off to a great start. And we are there when you lose your soulmate to help make sure you will be all right. We are with you through life's journey, Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us and see what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Paul Bunyan Plumbing and Drains, legendary service, install and repair, we'll fix anything with legendary care. Do you need plumbing repairs? Call Paul Bunyan Plumbing and Drains now to get a Patriot-only special. Get $100 off any repair or installation through Labor Day. If your faucet isn't flowing or your toilet isn't flushing, one of their legendary technicians will come make sure your plumbing is working correctly. And only for Patriot listeners, save $100 off the cost. Available through Labor Day. Certain restrictions apply. For details, visit heypaul.com. AM 1280, The Patriot is 